What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, a show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And today on the show, I have Ashley from the Fiscal Femme. Ashley, what's up, girl? Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I knew I had to have you. Once we once I, once you start telling me about budget parties, I was like, oh, that's it. This is my girl. I love this idea. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into all of the amazing things that Ashley is is creating and um and is putting out into the world. But for first, I just really like to start with some fun questions first, and then we'll jump into intros and all that good stuff. So I promise you guys we'll get to know Ashley a bit better. But first up, Ashley, what was a time that you purchased something that you regret to this very day? So I've definitely had a few of those. <laughs> if we're being honest, give me the best um, one. Give me the juiciest one. <laughs> yeah, I think the most embarrassing, like one where I felt true shame was when I was an investment banker, mm-hmm. I took my friends out and I bought bottle service. Ooh, uh-huh. so I spent like $500 on a bottle of vodka. We went out and I just remember telling my dad the next day, like kind of bragging almost <laughs> like I spent $500 on bottle service. And he's like, wow, that was dumb. Why would you do that? <laughs> dad like, kept oh. it real. I love that. Dad kept, I was like, what a dummy. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That was so stupid. Never again. Because <laughs> you need that person who's just like, I'm not going to lie to you. That was stupid. <laughs> yeah. And he's like really enjoys life and likes to yeah. spend when it matters. So yeah. for him to say that, it was like, oh, So were you new to New York City? Because I feel like that's something that like when you when you move to New York City, you think like you have to go do the whole club thing in New York or or is this like everywhere? It's just like me as a New Yorker seeing this as a New York thing, but it's actually common everywhere. It was in New York for sure. Okay, And it was, you know, like I had a stint where I went to clubs for like a couple years. So Mm -hmm. but it was definitely my first summer, like making my first paycheck for my summer internship. My friends were in investment bankers. So I just was like, let me show you what we do. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's also, it's such a culture thing. Like if you work with people that do it, if your friends do it, it's just a part of that, like that club culture. I remember I was going to the clubs when I was in college a lot and short, like right after graduating college too. Um, it got harder and harder because I was like a, a teacher and it's like, all right, I, I can't like be out till four in the morning and then show up my face drunk into school on Monday. Like this is not, but yeah, but I, I think I like eventually I got over it, but I, I remember that club scene so vividly, like every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> like, oh man. And when you get over it, you're very over it. I think. Oh yeah. So over it. And I feel so bad. My niece, who's like, she she just turned like 26, 25, 26. And she's now in that, you know, phase. And I'm like, girl, because when I was her age, she she was dying to come with me, but she was too young. Right. And so she would like, she would watch me go clubbing and be like, I can't wait to go clubbing with, with her, with Thea. And like, now she's messaging me, oh, we're going to go out at 10. I'm like, 10 a.m.? <laughs> Cause I can do that. That sounds like I can do this. That brunch, early breakfast, lunch thing. Okay. She's like 10 PM. I'm like 10 PM. Girl, that is my bedtime. Oh no. You don't know my life, girl. That's just, no. That's when we used to eat dinner at 10 PM. Literally. I'm like, no, we're not doing that. We don't do that anymore. Sorry. (laughs) Oh man. Because you also spend so much money when you go to a club. Like you just, it adds up, it adds up, it adds up. You food, drinks, this, the cover, you know, your Coke check, anything, all of it. Just. It adds up so ridiculously quick. Tabs home. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, okay, yeah, we don't miss that club life. We don't miss the club scene. If that's you, if you're in the club scene right now, I mean, you know, we all been through it. It's fine. Do you get through it? But I have a feeling you'll you'll be over it pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. 
Get out of the system. <laughs> All right. So on the flip side of that experience, was there a time where you spent money and it was a lot? Like someone else looking into your situation might be like, girl, you spend way too much money. I would never do that. But to this day, you actually stand by that decision because it was worthwhile for you. Yeah. I think the first, like what comes up for me is travel. Mm, Whether yes. it's like going home for the holidays, my family's in Florida. So it's really important for us to get there a lot. And yes. When you go for the holidays to Florida, it's expensive or exploring a new place. Mm -hmm. So we end up spending a lot on like relatively, I think someone would say a lot on travel. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It makes sense. It's hard. I can't imagine not having my family so close because then I would definitely be spending like I would, ha I would have to go see the babies and see my parents. Like I think I would also just crank up the travel budget and not feel guilty about it. Like, sorry, <laughs> I got to see my loved ones. I remember a mentor was like, it does go see your parents. She's like, it doesn't matter what it costs, like visit them. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really took yeah. that to heart. I'm like, okay, I'm going to yeah. visit my parents. You know, and I love hanging out with them. I'm like a helicopter kid. <laughs> see, I never had like helicopter parents because they have too many kids, but I realized coronavirus kind of woke me up to this. I would just go see my parents like maybe once a month or, you know, I would try to just like calendar so I wouldn't like miss them one month, but sometimes I would. And now during this, like, time where we can't see each other in person I'm like feeling yeah. bad like and so I've been FaceTiming them and like you know it just it's WhatsApp video chat and like it's just I don't know it feels different it's like it's not the same and now I actually feel really bad I'm like okay when this is all over I promise I'm going to come see you and I'm going to hug you and kiss you and buy you things and all the things I didn't do enough of before all this COVID stuff yeah my dad jokes he's like kind of is sick of us when we're there because we'll stay for a while and, he, and we just want to stay and be around <laughs> He's like, I'm excited to have my TV back, my house back, like no kids. <laughs> oh, man, your dad sounds like he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really funny. <laughs> Calling you out all the time. <laughs> um, well, love that little intro. Guys, that was just like a chance for you guys to just get to know Ashley a little bit behind all the like formal intro stuff. Uh, but of course, we need the formal intro stuff because you guys need to know who Ashley is and what Fiscal Femme is all about. So Ashley, for folks who have never heard of you and your brand, let them know a little bit of an introduction to you and all your work, what all your work is about. Yeah. So the fiscal femme is all about getting women wealthy. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's so important to me and the company is because we believe that financial well-being is a really important part of equality. Yeah. So there's so much that so much freedom and choice that we have when we have our finances in order. We have some cushion in our savings account. We can leave people and positions when we want. We can negotiate. We can take risks. Mm -hmm. We can invest in things that are important to us. And so that's kind of like the overarching mission of the fiscal femme. And we do that. We just launched a Slack community for um, just like, it was really important to do during everything going on um, yeah. to have support and get to ask questions and share resources. And then um, we have courses and free resources and weekly newsletter. So it's all around education. That's awesome. And you also have a book called the 30 day money cleanse, right? Yes. Tell us about that. What was, I mean, writing a book is a big, big, big project. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The 30 day money cleanse. It was actually my first course mm -hmm. and I created it out of just saying the same thing over and over to my coaching clients or people who are asking me for help. And yep. also I think food and money are so similar. They're very emotionally yes. charged and way more than just about the numbers. That's right. And so kind of combine both of those into this cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. I love and that. And it's a 30 days. It's really fun. The book is, I wish I had it right here for, to show you, but it's um, very colorful and beautifully designed and it's a workbook, which is fun. Oh, very fun. I, I mean, honestly, I think 
as much like of these um, or as many of these analogies that people can use to really bring to the forefront how important money is and how prominent it is in our lives, even if we try to you know push it to brush it under the rug and or sweep it under the rug. I think like those are those are ways to make it so much more vivid and like just so much easier to to understand and to digest for people because I know when I was first learning about it, I just didn't connect to it and. I, yeah, talk about a 30-day money cleanse or a one-week money cleanse or any anything like that. Like now you're talking about food and I know that and I know juicing and I know dieting and I know trying to be fit. And so now you're putting it in terms that I get and, and I love that. Yeah. Let's rewind a little bit and talk about your upbringing. You mentioned that your dad is very much like, I spend money on things that make me happy. I'm like more free spirit when it comes to money and not so restrained. But, you know, I imagine that maybe he showed signs of that even early on. Like, do you have any recollection or memories of, of early money lessons when you were younger? Yeah, I have actually like a very defining first money memory. Um, at, and I still can't remember the name of the doll, but they were like American Girl dolls. It was a different type. Yeah. and Or maybe it was American Girl, but I can't find the other name. And we would get the catalog and I had one. And my parents did this cool thing where I got an allowance and you got the allowance that was your age. And then you would split it up into spend, save and give. Hmm. and you know a lot of weeks they forgot so it was also like less consistent but um I saved up some money for my spend section Mm -hmm. and I was really into horses and taking riding lessons and so I wanted to buy my doll a riding outfit Mm. and it was $28 you remember the price yeah (laughs) (laughs) and for some reason um I didn't tell anybody that I was gonna buy it and I just took $28 $28 bills and somehow like circled it. I don't know if I put like, I don't know how I did it. I think I'm, I was nine years old, I think. And I don't know if my address was in it, but I put cash in an envelope, like trying to order this riding outfit with my, at the time, like my life savings. You just gave a U.S. postal worker a really nice tip that day. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, this kid made my day. Yeah, and who knows what she actually wants from this oh, man. Okay, so then what was the aftermath? Like you sat down and told your parents what you did. How did they respond? Like what was the conversation like about doing something like that? Yeah, I think it was like you should talk to an adult to help you order mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I just remember being really sad and being like, this is not worth yeah. it. Like all this saving up for stuff. Like I'll just wait to ask for something for a gift or my birthday. Mm-hmm. And those early stains or like those early uh, negative impacts, they, they last. They stay with you. Even if it's subconscious and you don't realize it, they really do. You you probably had in your mind like, oh, I've had negative experiences with money. It wasn't worth it before. I'm just going to do what I want when, when I get my money because it's too much. Yeah. Savings not worth it. You right. don't even get the item. Right. Planning ahead. It's no, just no, not worth it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So now like lead us into from that, obviously more conversations at home, I'm sure. But then it gets to the point where you leave college, you become an investment banker. And yet your own personal finances are just in shambles. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is I was a finance major. Mm. Before so it that. Even, it would even start with the investment banking job. It started with the major in college and yet still. But obviously, I mean, if you study finance or if you study financial planning, a lot of times it's, it's economics and other people's finances or businesses. It's not personal finance and your own personal money management. So to be fair, it's not necessarily your fault. I think a lot of people think that they're going to learn about money through, you know, business degrees or what, et cetera, what have you. And it's just not very common that you're going to learn personal finance through that. No, there's not even one personal finance class in my, yeah. So 
so that was that. And then I went into work as an investment banker. Um, and I think, so at the time, because I earned a lot and worked a lot, like I worked on average till midnight. I like, yeah. And it was funny because I remember I needed to cash a check yeah. and I had to ask my mom to do it for me because I was never able to get to the bank during normal hours. And she's like, don't you work at a bank? I'm like, mom, no, it's a different time. That's not how this works. <laughs> I can't cash a check here. Um, but yeah, so that was one thing. No one ever really knew what I did for my job, but um, yeah. I couldn't spend a lot of money. But when I did, mm-hmm. I would go buy a bottle service or I'd go to an expensive restaurant, but it was like once a month because I didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of free time. And I did my two-year program and I knew that I just wanted to learn all I could, meet the people, get the skills, and then do something that was a better lifestyle for me, but more of a fit. So I went into corporate finance and I took a pay Mm -hmm. cut. I no longer was going to get that big investment banking bonus. I quit the day after I got my bonus, actually. (laughs) Smart girl, get that money and then go. I stopped at the (laughs) bank on the way to the office like, it says pending. Can they take this back? Um, So... (laughs) I, and then I started making up for lost time. Cause imagine like my first two years in New York, I'm working all the time. I haven't seen my friends. I haven't done all the sightseeing. I wanted to go to events yeah. and workshops and concerts. And now I was getting out of work and it was still light out. Wow. And so very different experience. Yes. So I just was spending a ton of money and I realized that. So, and I knew like, you know, you have that feeling that things aren't going great, but you don't really know. And one day I sat down and looked at my bank account and my bonus was almost gone. And I was like, this is not sustainable at all. I'm going to have to go back to that job to earn more so and and work more. So I have no time to spend it unless I figure this out. And I, if I can figure this out, then I can do this job that I want to do. So it showed me that like the choice or my career choice and it, we do this all the time, so it kind of doesn't even sound like a big deal, but it's kind of crazy that our careers are dependent sometimes on money instead of what we want to be doing. Yeah, and that's so interesting to me because in your mind somewhere, there was the right sort of um, knowledge or, or even maybe skill too, right? It was like you knew that when you got money, you were supposed to save you know, and they had some for spending and some for giving. Like you had, you had done that as a kid. So somehow, some way it's in there, but not yeah, really. Totally. Not really. Where is it? It's, I, it's funny because like when I was little, my dad never really gave us money that much. There were random times where he did. Like I have these random memories of him. He hates like when his grays are showing or when he like white hairs are coming out in Spanish, it's called canas. So he would literally have us, he would, he would lie down and he would have us just sit with his head in our lap, plucking out his white hairs, his canas. And every time we plucked one out, he would give us a nickel per hair. And then I, like, I got a little older. I'm like, okay, this is annoying. Your hair is greasy. Like, bro, I need, I need 10 cents. I need a dime per hair. Like, this is too. And so, you know, he would, he would, right. He would give us like, you know, change for this. And, but eventually he would tell us like, every time I give you money, you run to the store and you buy candy. How, how many times have I seen you save any of the money that you earn when you take out my canas? And I would be like, mm, 
Okay, but he, but he never showed us to save with like jars or with a system or anything. He just, he mentioned that a couple times. Like, oh, I, I don't see you saving, you know, I don't see you. Like more so just a thing he said, but never reinforced it, never modeled it, never had us practice it. And those are things where I feel like sometimes when that's lacking as a kid, you, of course, I mean, and I guess even in some cases, even if you do do it as a kid, even if it is there as a kid, it doesn't always necessarily mean that you're going to make those connections when you get your first paycheck. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you, as an adult just need to revisit those, those topics, right? Like what to do with that money, how to save it, where, what, how to budget your money. Um, okay, so then you you sort of just like hit this point where you were like, oh my goodness, I'm a mess. I'm losing my entire bonus because I'm out here just out of control, club hopping and not saving any money. So did you just decide to like start researching? Did you like find a budget that you liked? Did you read a sp specific book? Like what was it that like made the change stick for you? Yeah, so I basically took a very type A approach, mm -hmm. which sometimes I have. So I basically wanted to read all about it yeah. and read articles and blogs. And yeah. I remember at the time, like things have changed so much. This was in 2011, 2010, 2011. Um, I found that like most of the people educating us about money were selling us things like yes. the financial advisor from work or someone selling me insurance was happy to talk about my money. But I just was like, who do I trust? Yeah. Why is all this sounding really daunting and boring? Why is everybody an old white man? Like so true. <laughs> so, so that's why I started writing about it. So that's where it all started is I was mm. like, you know what? I think I can share this in a more helpful, accessible way. That's like, we don't need to know all of this. We right. just need to know like the important things yeah. that can help us. And, um, not to have a business, but it was more like a personal, I was terrified of having my voice on the internet and having, you know, and it, it's interesting to think about how we grow as like educators and writers and speakers. And you look back sometimes on like something you wrote 10 years ago and you're like, it can make you cringe. So that was a really big, um, yeah, just, a, I usually tend to have to do the thing I'm really scared of doing. And that was the thing I was scared of doing at the time was having, sharing what I was learning about money on my blog, The Fiscal Femme. I love that. I love that. So did you always start with, uh, with, with, with blog posts or did you know you wanted to do a book eventually? Or was it just like, I'm just going to blog about this and we'll see where it takes me? Yeah, it was basically like, I want to, I was working with a life coach. I was, and she encouraged me to break through this fear. And mm. so I just started sharing on The Fiscal Femme blog. I didn't know what was happening with it. And then people started asking me for help and other sites were like, Oh, we like this fresh voice. Like, will you write for us too? And I was like, Oh, this is a thing. I'm not the I only one money doing this. Right. And it could lead to you getting paid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So now tell us more about the fiscal fan because it was that decision essentially led you to create an actual platform for women. It wasn't just a blog. Like it's led to so much and you know, after you kind of talk about like really the full platform and like what empowered you, I mean, you obviously working with a life coach, so maybe it's just a little bit of that. Um, but also then talk about like, you know, in live events that you've sort of ventured into doing, which, you know, budget party was one of your ideas and you've already executed one, which can't wait to hear how it went and all the things. Um, and, and just, yeah, sort of like deciding that this was valuable and necessary for women and that you were going to be able to provide that. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's been, March was like the seven year anniversary of the Ooh, fiscal fan. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I was like, oh, I feel like Ashley's been doing this five or six years, seven years in the game. Right. And I feel like it's starting. It's funny because it takes, it evolved so much. So yeah. when I first started writing, it was like, I was doing a lot more writing mm -hmm. and 
I was coaching people one-on-one and that's when I was really learning like what actually helps people. I got certified as a coach because I thought, you know, the numbers are actually simple, like with food, but it's that emotional behavioral stuff that really trips us up. Yeah. And you had experienced that with the life coach pushing you, giving you the nudge you needed to start the physical fam. So that makes sense that you were like, oh, I could do that for other women with their money. Yes. And it was, I, yeah. And I, I did so much with her, like, um, we actually, I really feel like she helped me create my husband. We like dreamed him <laughs> up and then it was awesome. Wait, how much does she charge? There's women out here who need that service, girl. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> the twos is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was like, you know, this coaching thing is really cool. So I did that. Um, and then, then I created the program. So I'm like, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. One-on-one coaching is a big investment. Like what if I created a program? And that was the 30 day money cleanse. Yeah. And there's a funny story with it. Cause I, you asked like the support I've had. And I feel like having a tribe of other entrepreneurs, it can be in different areas in the same area, but just mm-hmm. people who get it. And it's, you know, it's so hard to start something and it's, it's so anyway, I had them all get together and I was like, I'm going to feed you some delicious snacks. If you just help me brainstorm what this program looks like. And one of my friends, he was like on his phone texting and I'm like, Hey, you're supposed to be helping me. What are you doing? And he said, Oh, I just ate a cupcake. I have to confess this to my food cleanse group. Uh... And I was like, Oh, tell me more about this food cleanse group. Um, so that's kind of where the money cleanse came from. And it was a course for a lot of years and, um, I would run it. I actually started running it just audio because I was terrified of video. <laughs> here you and are then, though. Here, here you are I though. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's come a long way. And, um, then my, then people are like, can we like see you? And so I'm like, no, I'll put a PowerPoint. And then I added the video and then I'm like, why am I running this live? Because so many people were joining on their own time when they were free, which makes complete sense. So then I recorded it. And, um, and then when I decided to write a book, I didn't even think of using that as the book idea, but my agent was like, this is this great program. It's had so much success. Like, why don't we turn this into the book? I'm like, Oh, that would be too easy or make too much sense. Um, so that's how that became the book. And it came out last January. So January 1st, 2020 or 20, 2019. 2019. Yep. Yeah. That's, um, that's so cool. I, I love like just how all the pieces kind of came together and, you know, it just sort of made sense. You were all, what you were already doing fed the book, what you were doing on the blog, fed other articles and later fed yeah. like brand growing. Like you, when it's that natural, like, I feel like that's when, you know, you have something that, you know, really, it makes a big difference. And it doesn't really make sense at the time, but looking back, we're like, Oh, they all feed each other. And, um, and I think like a few years ago, just the brand got really feminist because I just really found my feminist voice and got really passionate about this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that's really um, evolved and a lot of people have resonated with is like personal finance, but like very feminist. Yeah. Right. That's and, right. Yeah. Feminist finance. I love it. Uh, I mean, the fiscal femme. Hello. Yeah. Um, it sort of has always been there a little bit too, which, which is great. Cause it's just what was underlying is now sort of boiling up to the surface for people to really see and to, to experience. Um, okay. So let's talk about budget party. How did you come up with that idea? Why did you want to do this in-person live event um, where people literally come and budget because budgeting is known to be boring and dreadful and like nobody wants to do it. And yet you turned it into a party. So <laughs> How did you do that? Why did you do that? Tell us all about it. Yeah. So this is, it's another one. Like if only someone just could sit with me and be like, Ashley, why are you not connecting the dots? So I have been having my own, I call them money parties. Yeah. 
but they're budget parties. I've been having my own for years. I have every single person I work with have them. They're part of the money cleanse. Mm. Like I champion this all the time that we don't create time for our money. We just have all these things we want to be doing. They hang over our heads. And if we don't create the time, it's not going to happen. Yep. That's right. So why not set a calendar reminder or put some two hours in the calendar to actually go through and look at what we spent over the last month, look at what we earned, anything that comes up. It's also great in relationships because instead of money being kind of like this constant stressor, like, hey, why'd you buy that? What's going on? What's mm-hmm. this thing? Mm-hmm. Like add it to the agenda of the money party and we'll talk about it then. Um, so I was telling people to do this and then like, you know what? Why don't I create the space for people to show up and I'll facilitate it with them Mm. instead of me telling them how to do it, hoping they stick with it. Like if they're showing up, we know what's going to get done. Yep. Accountability is so important. So I had um, a live one in January. Right now we're not able to have live ones, but I had some digital ones last month that were so fun and they look very similar. So basically we did really fun things. So like at the end, I asked people because we just ran all our numbers and I said, is there a number you'd be curious to know about other people? Mm. And most people wanted to know about dining out, drinks, shopping, um, food. So what we did is people at the live one wrote down how much they spent and they passed it up. So it was completely anonymous, but we got to get this inside look into, because everybody always asks, am I normal? Is this normal? Like, what's the range here? And you literally have no idea what other people are doing. (laughs) Exactly. And you're like, how is this person affording this? So I think it was really cool. And then we also broke out into the groups and you can do that in Zoom too. You can do the breakout rooms, but just sharing how it's going and what your, what realizations are are happening. And then we, we end it with kind of a lesson. So, um, whatever the, the lesson of the month is or the other item to do at the money party. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that so much. Um, so I've been doing this thing where I ask the guests who are on the show to help me answer a question because I get, you know, DMs, I'm sure as you do DMs, emails with questions, I don't always have time to individually, but I, and I, but I know that even if I don't have time to individually respond, I know that it's helpful to put this out there because maybe some other people were thinking that same question and maybe just didn't submit it. So I'm going to have you help me answer. I had two, but I think I've narrowed it down to the one. I think this conversation is perfectly sort of preparing to answer. Amazing. Um, so this is from Karen. Karen emailed me to misbehelpwedgemail.com and said, hey, Miss Be Helpful, I've been loving watching your budgeting videos, especially your early one about 50, 30, 20. However, my problem is that I have not been able to get myself to to seriously stick with a budget of any kind, even trying 50, 30, 20. I'll start it, plan it out, get excited, then give up. Any suggestions on how to stick with it? Yeah. We got some ideas. Go ahead. You, you, you jump in. But I, just from what we said, I think I could come up with some too. Go ahead. Yeah, of course. So I think, so a lot of times, especially with 50, 30, 20, like 20 is a lot. And so I think mm-hmm. sometimes we're taking too big of a jump to not budgeting. Um, and some, and I think it's, if you think about dieting, like if, I eat, I don't even eat healthy. And then I'm like, I'm whole 30, right? Mm. That's a big leap. And so not that you won't ever get there. Or you, I don't want to be there, but you might eventually want to be there. So um, taking smaller steps and being okay with the smaller wins, because I think what we often think is if I take this baby step, it's going to take me so long to get to that goal. But our success and our results are actually exponential because they build on each other and snowball. So yes. yeah. Yes. So give yourself the small wins. It doesn't, I think we want to make it hard on ourselves and like make it this task. Um, 
this big mountain to climb. So to, if you can chunk it down into something easy, like, okay, I haven't saved anything. What if I just start transferring $5 a week and -hmm. see how that goes and check in on that. Yeah, I love that. I was also thinking, as you said, that to chunk up the budgeting experience. So instead Mm -hmm. of jumping to a full budget, maybe all you budget for this month is just budget out your groceries or just budget out your entertainment, what you're spending on shopping. Like just pick one category. Yeah. Budget budget everything you spend in that category. Next month, maybe you do two categories, right? Then three. Then eventually you're doing all the categories in your budget and you've built up to it. So you didn't feel like you were going zero to 100 cold turkey, you know, real quick. Um, So I like that. There's a couple of different ways you could apply it. Um, I was also thinking just Ashley was mentioning the accountability of having the community of women in the fiscal femme is what drove her, what gave her the drive to keep pushing and to create more and to do more. And I think when you have group accountability like that, like mm. you will do more like that guy who felt like he had to tell everybody about his cupcake eating. Like he was <laughs> like, I got to tell my group, ah, like I'm breaking the rules. You know? And it, it, it there's is something binding there with that group that makes you feel um, accountable. And then, and, you know, gives you a little bit of, of pep in your step to, to do something that maybe you wouldn't do if you were just all by yourself. Yeah, we're like, I think it's, we're 65% more likely to do something if we say to somebody else, we're going to do it. And then yeah. if we have regular check-ins, it's like 95%, Ooh. something crazy. So um, sharing it with a money buddy or like having a community around it, I think yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Um, another, so I'd say like the biggest mindset shift I see in people who are successful in setting the plan or in stick in like their financial success is that typically, and I think our society perpetuates this is like, we think being good with our money is going to be this negative restricting thing that limits our fun. Yes. And that makes us not look forward to it. Like it feels like, Oh, I want to rebel against my budget or against whatever it is. And um, the shift that happens, and I was in that camp too, the shift that happened for me and for that we want to get to is that we see it as actually a radical act of self-love. That's right. Because we're giving ourselves what we want most. And so that shift makes it something that we want to be doing. Yep. And I, and even like the language we use can help. So I use the term happiness allocation mm. instead of budgeting. <laughs> Love it. I know some people say saving plan, spending plan, just trying not to say the word budget because it's yeah. so good. I like that a lot. And it's true. It's like how we are going to allocate our money in the way that's going to make us the happiest in the short and long term, not just in the moment, but all. So, so shifting our language, if you hate the word budget or you feel like just hearing it makes you go, that might help. Yep. Make your happiness plan. That's what you got to do. Love it. (laughs) Uh, I love that so much. Yeah. So hopefully that was helpful for you, Karen. Um, And just, you know, yeah, baby steps and public accountability right now is a perfect time because everyone's online, maybe Mm -hmm. a a social media group, maybe a zoom call every week or month with your girls, just, you know, put it out there and see who else is also struggling with sticking to their budget. And then you guys can form a community around it that will inspire you all to stick with it. Um, I, I love that question too. So thanks Karen for writing to me. All right, so we're wrapping up here, but I got one really fun question before we end, which is, I'm going to put your beautiful face, Ashley, on a dollar bill, (laughs) my Photoshop skills, you know. Amazing. Um, And I'm going to put your money message or money mantra um, or money motto over the picture of you on the dollar bill. But essentially, this is your money message that you want everybody who touches money, sees money, uses money to know or to see when they interact with money. What would your money message be? Hmm. I'm so glad. So it's funny. I don't know. I was excited to have a woman's face on a dollar. I don't know if it should be mine. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So you know what I think I would love to see, and it's so simple. So we probably could have some more messages on there if we want to really 
amp it up. But one thing I would love to see is to just say one vote Mm. because every time we spend a dollar, we're voting with our values, whether that's like what it brings to our life, the companies we're investing in. Um, So just to remind us that that is a powerful thing that we have is like every purchase we make is a vote with our dollar. That's right. I love that. I love that. It, it, and even in a smaller way, in your own personal life, you're yeah. voting for what you personally want to see more of in your life by putting dollars towards those things. And if you really aren't about it, you got to start figuring out how you're going to cut back putting dollars towards it. So, And I, I feel think- like if I saw it and I'm about to hand it over and I'm like, oh, do I want to make that vote? vote? Right. It's like, oh, no, that's where I'm trying to put my my, my dollar is not going to this ballot. Um, yeah. <laughs> love that. Love that. All right. Awesome. So for anybody out there who heard Ashley's story today and learned all about the physical fem and is so inspired and you want to reach out to her and let her know that she's fabulous, that she inspired you. Um, <laughs> Ashley, where can they do that? Where can they contact you? They can find me on thefiscalfem.com. Um, we have a really great seven day jump start. So if you're looking for, like we talked about with Karen, chunking down the steps, yes, check it out. It gives you, you could, I would recommend just taking one of them in the next 48 hours if you're looking for an action. Um, and then on social at the fiscal fem, we are on there. I'm answering DMs, answering questions, sharing a lot. So, and then we have a, the Slack community too, if you want to come on yes. and get some money accountability buddies. That's right. And I shouted that out in um, my March series of Women in Personal Finance, her new Slack community, which I joined. And it, it's just been great so far. I pop in every now and then. Um, and also just plugging your money musings. I think they're so great every week. Like you just put them out and I'm like, <laughs> this is really great. Like, I, you know, just more of this type of stuff, I think is what makes women in particular, but anybody, young people, people that aren't uh, typically interested in money and personal finance to see that this can be so relatable and so easy to digest. So thank you. Yeah. Those are my favorite. So thank you. The money musing is a weekly email we put out called um, the money musing and it comes out on Wednesdays and it's really fun. It's super fun. And you guys can check that out on her website as well. Um, But yeah, thank you so much, Ashley, just for taking the time to chat with me, sharing your story and inspiring everybody who's listening you're amazing. Can't wait to do a budget party, money party with you. And I cannot wait. Uh, I know. It's going to be so fun. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day, love. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was great. <laughs>